everyone. Welcome back to Who's There. I'm your host, Allison. If you're new here, thank you for joining us. This is a podcast where I talk to a new horror fan every week because I hope to de-stigmatize what it means to be a horror movie fan. Because most of us are just regular people who love the adrenaline rush of being scared for some reason, and here we delve into those reasons. I'm so excited because it's December, and this week I had the absolute pleasure of speaking with Allison Starlock, the writer and director of the new psychological thriller The Apology, which hit Shudder and AMC Plus this Friday, December 16th. She told me where the idea for the script came from, what it was like filming, and how her incredible cast came together. She also shared her favorite winter and Christmas horror movies with me, and who her favorite horror directors are. One last thing before we get into this episode, if you love the show and haven't left us a review on iTunes or Spotify yet, I'd be so grateful if you could take a second to rate and review it on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to our feed wherever you listen to us. Thank you to everyone who's already left us a review. It's so appreciated as it really helps people to find us. I think I've rambled enough, so let's get into this episode with Allison Star Locke. Hey, Allison, how are you? I'm great, Allison. How are you? I'm good. Thank you, Allison. That's so weird. Thank you so much for being here. Do you want to tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Sure. Yeah, I have just made my first feature as a writer-director. It's called The Apology. It it comes out December 16th. Before that, I was a stay-at-home mom to my daughter. I've made a bunch of short films, only one of which I like to share with people. The rest were lovely learning experiences. I have a background in reality TV story producing. I went to film school at USC and I'm real obsessed with cats and Chipotle. There you go. Awesome. I, I have three, so you might see them wandering around in the back. I will always <laughs> take a cat tax. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> so first things first, what's your favorite scary movie? My favorite scary movie is The Babadook by Jennifer Kent. Not only is it a wonderful movie, very well crafted, but it also was very inspiring for me. It, it was It's a movie I like to call a Rorschach test because everybody sees that movie and thinks something different is happening in that movie. So for me, when I saw it, I, I thought this is a, because my daughter's autistic, I've been, gone through years of like advocating for her. And, and I remember those early days before she was diagnosed and we understood how to help her where it was you know, not as bad as that movie. Obviously, that's a horror film. We weren't in a horror film. But it was like, it was very difficult and emotional and confusing. And when I saw The Babadook, I thought, oh, you can make horror movies about this. That's fascinating. And so I was very inspired by her work. And I think Jennifer Kent is so brilliant. And then especially realizing that she's not even a mom, like she was observing the mothers in her life to make that movie. It's just blows my mind. Love it. Yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah, her movies are amazing. The Nightingale is really hard to watch too. Yeah, I actually still, that's actually going to, this might sound twisted, but I'm on a horror podcast, so I can say it. That's going to be one of the gifts to myself is to finally watch that movie once we're done with the the movies done and we're putting our movie out is like over Christmas break. I'm like, okay, I'm going to finally watch The Nightingale. (laughs) It's really rough. Get ready. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Yeah. 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 But good for her. (laughs) Yeah. So how did you first fall in love with the horror genre? I always liked it as a kid. My gateway horror was Friday the 13th movies. And I loved the sort of tiny little mysteries of how's everybody going to get killed and the suspense of each of those little moments. I love final girl stuff. I love powerful and flawed, complicated women in horror but uh, but I didn't really know a lot of those until later so when I was first watching horror movies I really kind of didn't get as obsessive as a lot of people most of my my friends who are horror hounds like started young have been going strong their whole lives I kind of took not exactly a break but it was I in my head it was like something for the guys 
I had it in my, it's like, it's so interesting. The things that you'll sort of internalize. I have a very progressive mother. Like nobody was saying this to me. It was just, it's the things that are out there sometimes. I think because so many horror movies have, you know, they have a rep, I'll say this, they have a reputation for being very misogynistic and all of these things. But then I think as soon as you start to really delve into the genre, you see that it's actually incredibly empowering for women in so many ways, so many interesting female characters, a lot more female directors in horror than in the rest of the space. So, you know, then it was like, my mom took me to an all night horror marathon when I was in high school. Cause she's cool like that. <laughs> and I saw a bunch of those things. And then the big thing was watching the American nightmare, which is this incredible documentary about, I don't know if you, have you seen that one? I haven't. No, most people haven't heard of it. It's interesting. Cause for me, it was so big, but I think most people haven't seen it, but it was, it was this documentary about American and Canadian as in Canadian. I think it was literally like Americans in Cronenberg from the sixties <laughs> and seventies making horror movies that were, that had all these political undertones, the idea they were talking about big things, right? Sexual revolution, the Vietnam war, uh, you know, violence against women, all those sort of things. And so it just really like went, Oh, you can do that with movies, with horror movies. Like there was like, it was like this safe sp space to go dark and go big. And, and, and then I was just in love from then on. It was like, now I'm obsessed and all <laughs> I want to do is watch and write and all, yeah. all things horror. I'm also a big movie nerd in general. I like all kinds of things, but mostly it's like, I'm on shutter. I'm on criterion. Like in this, and then when there's <laughs> horror on criterion, I'm like, I'm sorry, what's happening. It's Christmas early <laughs> why do you think that people who seem perfectly sane love the horror genre i think because they're facing their fears they're facing the hard things in life i think so often folks are good at presenting a sense of of, of normalcy and security and centeredness that's not actual you know that's not real mm -hmm. and i think horror folks like for example it's like when the pandemic first broke out me and all of my horror friends i feel like we're the most well adjusted for that beginning at least for understanding what that was, that it was an emergency, that you act, you know, like, hey, we watch zombie movies, do the zombie movie thing. Like, I remember immediately pulling out our emergency kits and my husband was like, what are you doing? Those are emergency kits. And I just was like, what's this? <laughs> you know, like, like, just understanding that. I think because it's like, it is, I think the way to help, like emotional health is, is to talk about the hard things, right? Like to face them. And horror gives you a safe space to do that and a safe space to create about it. Awesome. Love it. What is your favorite subgenre in horror? Uh, oh, uh, domestic horror, because obviously that's something that I I have made and I continue to write about. Things around the family, things around the home, those tend to be my personal fascination. So it's not even necessarily a specific subgenre. Like I really, obviously, I like psychological thrillers. I like home invasion movies. I like survival stories, like any kind of horror film where it really feels like somebody's surviving something feels so relatable you know? so you're a director who are your favorite horror directors let's see well jennifer kent as i mentioned romero of course wes craven is kind of my you know my main sort of hero because i love the way that he was just never afraid to be nasty in every sense of the word but there was also always a lot of respect to his characters and a lot of craft to what he did and i would just love to take to approach things in that way yeah, those are awesome. those are probably some of my my very favorites. And I know I'm going to be getting off this and forgetting lots of folks I love. But yeah, there's, <laughs> there's a few of them. 
Those are all great picks. So your feature-length directorial debut, The Apology, is debuting on Shutter and AMC and in select theaters on December 16th. It's very exciting. You also wrote The Apology. I got to watch it this afternoon, and it's the perfect winter and holiday thriller horror movie. I really enjoyed it. It stars Anna Gunn, Linus Roach, and Janine Garofalo. Can you tell everyone who's listening what it's about? And no spoilers, since it's not technically out yet. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> yes, The Apology is a Christmas psychological thriller. It is about Darlene, who is a woman who lives alone. She's been searching for her missing daughter, Sally, for 20 years, but to no avail, no leads, nothing. So now on Christmas Eve, big snowstorm outside. She's all alone. She's really battling against despair. She's a recovering alcoholic. She's about to start drinking finally after all this time. It's just become too much. And then she gets in the middle of the night, she gets this knock on her front door and she goes to the front door and it's Jack, this man who used to be her brother-in-law and the two of them used to be very, very close. And he, she lets him in, he comes in, they start catching up, they start talking and then he finally admits to her, I actually came here to tell you something very important. And then they're off to the races, as they say. Yeah, it's 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 a roller coaster once it starts to take off. How do you come up with the idea for it? It it actually came from both a really personal place and a dream. So I was always fascinated with true crime stories, felt a lot of empathy for those families. And one night I had a dream where there was that knock on the front door in the middle of the night. And I went to the door and there was a man on the other side of it that said, I know what happened to your daughter. Oh, nothing's wrong with my daughter. I know where she is. <laughs> but I realized over time that it was actually about this experience. The reason I was connecting to these families was because of my experience being there for my daughter who's autistic. And so trying to uh, keep people remembering her, like remembering her humanity, remembering what she needs and connected to those searching families, even though it's completely different, but just that idea that, that, that parent that's she's parenting in absentia and I'm pairing parenting a child with differing needs but just the idea of like how much that requires of you how much mental and emotional labor is involved in keeping up that fight and what it does to you what it does to your confidence what it does to your purpose you know what it does to your voice you know I felt like I was always writing all of this time but I always felt very impostery you know as most creatives do yeah but I really felt like, why should I be allowed to make something? There was always a block a little bit. And so writing this and then now making it has really done a wonderful number on getting rid of that <laughs> so that I can feel empowered enough to make something, you know, and to keep making things, you know, why not me? And here I am. Yeah, definitely. How, what was the experience like filming it? It was very intense because it's very intense material and it is, it was a 16 day shoot and it was in location here in LA. So I was still going home and seeing my family every night. And so, and it was very emotional, you know, finally being on a set like that. I mean, I had gone from DIY filmmaking and to where it's like, literally I'm bringing the cooler with the food <laughs> to like a hundred people on a set. And it was quite overwhelming. Like learning to navigate how to be there for everybody to do their best work to still be clear about what I want, what I need it to be. Um, yeah. So it was quite complicated, but also so, so rewarding. Like what an experience to, to be working with all of these incredible artists ever two or one. I mean, it was like, everybody was just so smart 
It's so bright and it was just incredible. I mean, what a gift. Like when I had lived in a fairly, you know, I'm a social creature, but like still being a stay-at-home mom is a very isolating experience. And being if your kid has special needs, it's even more isolating. And so going from that to, you know, getting to make something with all of these brilliant people was like, <laughs> what is happening to me? <laughs> it was amazing. How did the cast come together? Yeah. So, yeah. So it was a, it was a a team effort in terms of brainstorming who would be right for these parts because they're so, they require so much of the actor, you know, so much courage, both physically (laughs) stunts and so forth. And emotionally to go to these very dark places and live in there and explore in there and do it for, you know, such a short shoot. We knew it wasn't going to be much time. We knew it wasn't going to be much, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And and so we needed actors who who had that tough stuff. And and so my producer suggested I have all female producing team, fantastic Kim Sherman, who produced your next in Sun Don't oh, Shine, nice. who was just like a brilliant, brilliant lady. And Stacey Jorgensen, who's an old friend of mine. That's actually how the film kind of the genesis of that. And Lisa Whalen, who is the CEO of Company X, they were just championing me and like keeping it going through all of that. And now I forgot what we were saying. Where was I going with my? How did how did the cast come together for? Yes, thank you so much. <laughs> and then apologies. And see, and now every time I say apologies with this film, <laughs> it always becomes a joke. Like we're always like, oh, we call ourselves <laughs> apologists. You know, like uh, the people that worked on the film were all apologists. My my wonderful editor Lana Wolverton made a playlist for me that has songs that are just basically like Justin Bieber singing "Sorry." You know, <laughs> sort of a running joke. So whenever I say it, I feel like it's loaded. But yeah, so they suggested Anna Gunn to me and I was like kidding me like she's amazing I would love to work with her I was such a big Breaking Bad and Deadwood fan as most humans are and she so they connected me with her through her agent I wrote cover letters to each of the actors sort of wooing them here's why I think you'd be great but also just keeping it very grounded here here is who I am here's what I want the film to be you know really laying that stuff out for them, you know, so they'd have a bit of a shorthand before they would even decide whether or not they wanted to meet with me. So we met and Anna and I really connected about being mothers. And, and again, like she, she isn't afraid to do this dark work. It's important to her just like it is to me. So that was very moving. And she said yes right away, which was shocking. Each of them said yes right away. I was confused. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, why? (laughs) Thank you. But that's amazing. But again, always fighting that imposter voice, right? Why are you saying yes to me? It's like, well, I'm proud of this script. This is, you know, this is a good script, you know, like I'm proud of it. But it was like, right. Why, why, why wouldn't they? But it was so, but it was just, you know, your brain does tricks. So then the producers also connected me with Linus Roach because they'd worked with him on Mandy. He played Mm. that amazing cult leader in Mandy along with 15,000 other incredible roles. Like I had been a fan of his from since Wings of the Dove really early in his career and Priest. He's just like a fascinating actor to me too, because I feel like he really is always exploring something rough, like harder to, you know, he's done lighter work too, but just the idea that he's not, these are both very courageous actors. And so the as soon as I started talking to Linus, it was like, he knew what I was trying to explore we were in it together. It's freaking rad. And then Janine called me directly, like no setup zooms, nothing. Just called me. And she's like, Alice, this is Janine Gruffalo. <laughs> <laughs> 
like she knows what her name means to people in that way she's very smart lady very big brain and she just immediately was like like i was a little confused at first because she's like okay so the thing is that i want to check your shooting dates because i have this conflict and i have this conflict and i was like does this mean she's saying yes like (laughs) she just immediately was like you're about to climb mount everest i don't know why people make movies they're crazy but i'm here for you (laughs) so wonderful and supportive and smart and every time she'd have a note it was so thoughtful and even if I didn't agree with it we would find our place you know like she was just so it just felt like we were all like like in the you know the heavyweights of debate team or acting or I don't know it was wonderful it was so wonderful to work with all of them and just keep that going through the whole process was super fun even in the ADR sessions you know just going okay, yeah, no, you're right. But what we need that little bit to sound is a little bit more like this. And she'd be like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> like we're just Picking up little like, you know, fight sounds or things like that. It's just, yeah. what a gift. Like talk about a Christmas gift, like that cast, Jesus. Yeah, they're all, they're all incredible. How long did it take you to write the script once you had oh, your dream? Yeah, so long. Yeah, every, you know, I, I'm a person who likes to write a script, put it aside for a little bit. Go write another script, grab it back up, and with time gives great perspective, right? Mm-hmm. So I started the script. I didn't realize this until somebody asked me about this recently and I had to look it up. I started the script six years ago now. Oh wow. And and then I've been developing it and then um making the film for two years actively. And so, or a little over two years actually. And so it it was a, a long process. Yeah, I did some readings and things like that. I was in a writer's group for a long time and yeah, just kept, kept working it. It kept evolving. It was really, it was interesting that way. Awesome. Did any horror movies provide inspiration for how you went about directing it? Oh yes. And let's see, I didn't want to forget things. So I have notes. Yeah. Lots, lots of horror movies. So Crimson Peak and The Haunting those kinds of like haunted house movies i thought a lot about the idea that this is not a technical haunted house movie but i call it an unofficial haunted house movie just so just thinking about the detail of the house there was a lot of work that tom obed our production designer and the incredible art department did where we were really like translating all that history into the house and so all of the horror movies have a great history in terms of really thinking about that production design and how much it's going to tell you about the tone the world and that's always been really inspiring to me. And The Shining as well, The Night of the Hunter, all of those great angles in The Night yeah. of the Hunter, the way the basement is treated. Uh, it's 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 like takes you, it's like try the challenge for me was trying to keep it grounded, but also allowing us to be a little bit bigger in this sort of fairy tale aspect of the dark fairy tale of its Christmas and this circumstance that would never happen. You know, so it's like yeah. trying to acknowledge that, but still keep it, grounded and of course the babadook and trying to keep it to just horror films if you consider prisoners a horror film which i do we talked about prisoners a lot oh highly recommend (laughs) okay it's it's a very intense character drama it's a big it's a big ensemble but it's it's really rough and they really they go there in that film that's a that's one that my dp jack caswell fabulous jack caswell if you're listening, I love you, Jack. That he he really he really utilized a lot from prisoners as well. We talked about prisoners. We talked about Revolutionary Road. Some of these movies where it's not technically horror films, but the emotional violence is so intense mm-hmm. that it has it's evocative of that. 
of our beloved genre. Yeah, one of the movies that I thought of while I was watching it, when I saw scenes where you shot the house from the outside in the snow was The Lodge. Yes, it came out yes. a few years back. Yes, so. I love I love The Lodge. I it was not a conscious thing, but mm-hmm. uh but as 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 we were kind of, you know, in the edit and stuff and I was thinking about that one, I was like, I think I had like one image or something pulled from it. And I was like, oh well, we are kind of like sister films in certain ways. Yeah. There's definitely, yeah. yeah. It's funny the way that things will seep into your subconscious. You don't even really realize that something's been influential in that way. It's, it's yeah. pretty fun. <laughs> Is there anything else that people should know before they sit down to watch the apology? I think they should know that we're trying to talk about big things, but we're talking about it in an entertaining and hopefully relatable way. It's it's character first, but there's a lot of beautiful artistry to it. Beautiful score, incredible final song by Ages and Ages. There's just a lot going on with this movie where you would normally think it sounds like a small little movie. And and I think it's, I hope that it's very rewarding in a bunch of ways for the audience. And I hope it continues conversation. I hope it makes people talk about the things that that come up in this film. That's, That's always the big hope, right? Yeah, I'm sure it will. What are your personal favorite winter and or holiday horror movies? Oh, yes. Well, Black Christmas, of course. (laughs) Who doesn't love Black Christmas? Like those women, what great characters. The design of that movie is so grounded and so literally dark. (laughs) I love that. I'm a big diehard gal. I love I Trapped the Devil, Gremlins. I mean, the list is very long. Fanny and Alexander. I don't know if that's technically a horror film, but if you've seen it, it's Bergman's movie. And it's, uh, it's just like, twi- it's a Christmas movie, and then it twists into a horror film. And you're yeah. like, what's happening? This is a gift. <laughs> so, yeah. And uh, in Bruges, I always think of that one a lot, too. Even though that's a bit on the comedy, more on the comedy side. But, yeah, I just am a big Christmas movie nerd. Big yeah. Christmas nerd in general. <laughs> like, your listeners won't see this, but I'm, like, wearing red, and there's <laughs> Christmas trees around me. You're wearing an awesome snowflake sweater, so you're in the spirit. Yeah, yeah. Th- I saw the main character in your movie, Darlene, wore a Lapapesa sweater, so I was like, I'll put on mine. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Tribute. Thank this you. Is, this is not very comfortable, because it is actually um, made from wool in iceland i bought it in iceland so it's so scratchy it's but... very effective but not for la yeah, it's so very it's, warm you're, you're new york, I'm in new york. Right? You're not, yeah that's right yeah. yeah so at least you can get a little more benefit out here if i wear something like that i'm like you're into self-torture that's not good but it's yeah. beautiful and that's if i could also also give a shout out to my cast for wearing those winter clothes in la in march <laughs> and april god bless them i mean it was like the and our amazing costume design team michelle lane and her team did all this like great movie magic of like the way they cut into jack's jacket so that he could be like more ventilated Mm. that was fascinating to watch just the way they could pull out we were just like how do we make them as comfortable as we can but it has to look authentic they're not (laughs) going to be in there with like t-shirts yeah so we just have a couple minutes left do you have any other projects on the horizon Yes, I I am writing a whole bunch of stuff right now. And so I'm about to start the whole push of like, okay, which thing do I really want to, to make next? Where's the right home for it? All of that good stuff. But I'm writing a slasher comedy, very feminist, super feminist slasher comedy, and a, a haunted house story that's much more on the nose in the in in my experience with my daughter. And so it's a bit more about a family with of a child with special needs, but it's a haunted house story. And, and a few other things, one that's like much more action. So I have a bunch of, yeah, I love action movies too. So I, 
like to try to put that in as much as I can. Awesome. If you could remake one horror movie, which one would it be? Oh, Burnt Offerings, for sure. Like, that's sort of a self-obsession thing. I would love to remake Burnt Offerings. I think it's, I really liked the movie, but I liked the book even more. And I I like the idea of domestic work driving you insane, like literally, (laughs) you know, I don't know if you've seen that movie or, or read the book, but. I haven't read the book. I'm trying to think if I saw the movie. I'm not sure if I have. Yeah, it's it's worth a watch. It's definitely it's a fun movie and people really like it. I and I like it, but I it was it's definitely the kind of thing where it's ideal for a remake where you go, I really liked this and I know what I could do to make it even, you know, perhaps richer, which is the hope of the remake. But yeah, cool. So the last question that I always ask everyone is if you had to spend quarantine with one horror villain, who would it be? Oh, I like that one. (laughs) Oh, how fun. One horror villain. Huh. This is a weird, this is a weird one to think of, but I would, and now I feel bad saying it because I can't think of the character's name. Oh, this isn't good. But anyway, it's the the serial killer from The Vanishing. The, the, when I was making this, I was thinking about that movie and because it is about somebody who, who nobody would expect Okay. Saw something this terrible and I think it'd be interesting to spend a bunch of time with somebody like that to try to really understand them even more because again like you write you make a movie about characters that you're obsessed with that you're fascinated with right yeah. so you the idea of 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 doing that would be fun although if it's not a villain I Nancy from Nightmare on Elm Street would be so fun to slumber party for like two months <laughs> that'd be cool yeah well, thank you so much for coming on and chatting with me. Do you want to tell everyone where they can find you online so they can tell you how much they liked The Apology after they watch it and where they can find your other shorts and The Apology? Absolutely. I'm on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok. I just joined TikTok, so be kind, <laughs> at Allison Starlock. And my website's being tricky, but I do have a website, AllisonStarlock.com. Awesome. Well, good luck with the with the apology. Thank you. And thanks and- to everybody for hopefully watching and discussing <laughs> it. And if you don't even like it, you can write me. Just don't be mean, but maybe cr- constructive criticism all here. But thank you so much for, for listening. And thank you so much for having me on, Allison. It was a joy. That's it for this week's episode of Who's There? I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Allison Starlock. And thanks again to Allison for coming on. I'll leave links to her socials in the show notes. And don't forget to check out The Apology on Shudder and AMC Plus starting this Friday, December 16th. You can follow us on Twitter at Who's There Pod or on Instagram at Who's There Podcast. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, horror movie recommendations, or you'd like to be a guest, shoot us an email at whostherepc at gmail.com. Until next time, stay scary and get boosted. Thank you.